Welcome back out there to another episode of the Clover Tech Podcast. It is August the 24th, 2022. Starting on a new season, if you will. So you may notice the uh, background a little bit different. Uh, some things we've got going here a little bit different on the show. But welcome, uh, nonetheless, to this uh, podcast powered by Trailblazer Firearms. More on those a little bit later. We've got uh, Zeke Stout waiting down below in the back room hopefully he's not uh, eating all of the cookies back there but uh, if you uh, know zeke you probably do from a little show on discovery channel master of arms uh, we're going to talk hopefully a little more about i'm always into gunsmithing and gunsmithing schools and things like that uh, so hopefully we can talk to him a little bit today uh, about modern gun school as well just real quickly a thanks to everybody out there in replay as the live folks are filing into the uh, chat here. Uh, welcome if you're in the replay. Uh, and remember, if you do join the slide, you have the opportunity to ask questions of the guests. Participate out there in the live chat now. We'll star those and we'll get to them eventually. So just be, uh, yeah, just be patient with that. Let me get the little ticker up here on the screen to say thank you to the Patreon patrons, the YouTube channel members, those at Super Chat, those at Super Thanks, those at shop at clovertech.com slash shop. That's something to do for this season. Hopefully it lasts for a very long time. We are now officially proud members of the Farms Radio Network. Uh, go check out some of the other amazing podcasts over there on that uh, uh, network, uh, Firearms radio.net is where you can find that and uh with that out of the way i think i've covered everything there is to cover so let's bring in the man of what will be the hour zeke into the chat how are you bro i'm good but that was a total lie about these cookies in the green room he, people out there listening <laughs> they were those little mints that all your grandmothers had in in their living room <laughs> It had well, like mothballs mixed in because they didn't know and took a bite and it's just like, Ugh! <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's budget constraints. Trying, what do you do, man? Inflation's real. Like we trying do to the make best people we can. think you got a fancy green room <laughs> sitting in grandma's right. living room. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I want to give you the floor Zeke here for a few minutes. Those that may be oblivious to who you are, or what you do. I know you've, you've done a lot of different things, a lot of cool things. I uh, got your fingers in a lot of uh, projects, so to speak. So uh, yep. just let everybody know, start out with uh, who is Zeke and uh, what's kind of your background? Well, I am Zeke. And that was the easiest question I've ever had in an interview. <laughs> interview. <laughs> right. We do the softballs Zeke? here. It's all Me. about, all about this, softball. Yeah. Um, I, I got into the media side of uh, the firearms world through Firearms Network, Radio Network, actually. Uh, Marty Holder and I, we started talking lead uh, back in 2012, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, it took off. I, it was a whirlwind how quick it got big. And then uh, I went on to work for another gunsmithing school, who I won't mention. And I uh, uh, did that for almost five years. And then Discovery, well, technically not Discovery Channel, but a, a, a casting agency reached out to me and they said, hey, uh, do you want to do a, a competition show, kind of like Forged in Fire, but we're going to do guns and archery with it too. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? And they were like, well, we want you to be the gun judge. I was like, all right, yeah, I'll audition for it. Well, then they found out I had the podcast and I did YouTube stuff and all these other different things. I had a radio show in Nashville and they kind of went, why don't you audition to be the host? And I was like, all right, I'll, whatever you <laughs> need. Just... Does it, did you ask <laughs> me like, if it me? paid more? Was that one of the questions? Yeah, exactly. Does it pay more? No, it, it paid the same across the board to everybody that was on it, so. <laughs> except for the contest. The funny thing was, is the contestants were like, wow, you know, thanks. I won 10 grand. You know, that's pretty good for one episode. Probably a lot less than what y'all get. And we were like, eh, we, did, we, did, we didn't get 10 grand. <laughs> so the <laughs> right. contestants that won, right. won more than we did, or made more than we did per episode. So right uh but yeah it, it was it was a blast i had more fun doing that than any other job working on the job mm -hmm. while we were filming when it went to air that's a whole nother beast you know coming from the podcast and radio world you know radio not as much because you're going live but at least you can get feedback and change it for the next episode right 
right. podcast, you can edit it. I can listen to my podcast and go, okay, yeah, that just was dumb. I'm cutting that whole segment out. Or, you know, yeah. oops, Marty slipped up and cussed. And we weren't, at the time, we weren't, we were bleeping out cuss words. And, oh, I got to bleep that. Or I slipped up and cussed. Now I got to bleep that. With TV, you put it out there. Uh-huh. And once the editors get a hold of it, it's done. What goes out is what goes out. You have no control over it. So, you know, there were certain things editing wise that, that as I'm watching the show, I was like, ooh, uh, oh wait, that's I didn't say it like that. Wait. Oh, and it was interesting <laughs> seeing that. They didn't they didn't right. do anything shady. Like nothing was alive, but they would right. take different things that I would say and mold it with other images playing in the background and right. make one statement. And that was a weird moment. A couple of those happened. I was like, whoa, right. <laughs> I don't remember yeah. saying that. I also could have been dead tired and I actually did say that, but I didn't. Remember. Um, right. So did that for a year. We had one season. Um, when it ended, it was, it was weird. Cause I, I kind of got bummed out because that was a big goal of mine getting in the media side of things. And I achieved that goal and then it gets canceled. And uh, one of the producers called, and he was like, "Hey, I heard you're a little bummed." I was like, "Yeah, kind of ticked, kind of bummed, you know. I'm, you know, it was, it was a good show." He goes, "It was." He goes, "But you got to realize something." He goes, "Out of every television show that is filmed every year, I, I, these numbers may not be exact. Six percent of those actually go to air." And I was like, "Oh, wow. okay." He goes, "Out of those six percent that actually go to air, only about two percent of those make it a full season." Wow. I was like, oh, wow. He goes, so you not only making it to air, but making a full season, that's, that's an accomplishment. Don't be bummed out. And so that kind of pumped me back up, and I got uh-huh. uh, a little more fired up about it. But then um, went into motorcycle marketing for a year and did uh, marketing for Law Tigers. And, you know, I'm a big Harley guy. I love motorcycles. I don't have my Harley anymore, but I, eventually I'll get another one. Um, and not big because I'm six, seven, just, I'm big into it. <laughs> right. Right. But, uh, so did that for a year and an opportunity came up to get back into the gunsmithing school realm. Um, but I wanted to buy in, I wanted to be, have some equity in it. So we negotiated mm-hmm. for a while, came up with a plan and now I'm part owner, chief marketing officer and director of, uh, MGS trade school, which is modern gun school. So mm-hmm. That's where I'm at now. <laughs> now with, with uh with modern gun school and getting involved and wanting to be more involved wanting to have skin in the game did yeah. your stint with uh the tv show did that help it did i i didn't know if it would or not um the there was a few connections when i went to that first shot show after taking the accepting the offer mm-hmm. um where i didn't have those connections before the show and it would be tough to get into that booth but then after having the show, it kind of got my foot in the door to some of these meetings, you know, and it, it was, it, there's been a couple, it, it's not a lot. Most people in the, in the gun industry are pretty straightforward. They, they don't, they don't BS around. They, they should, can I cuss? That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> you can a little bit. Yeah. Okay. They don't BS around. <laughs> right. But they, you know, they don't, they don't mess around. Um, but there are some that will, it's a little different dynamic and it was interesting to see that dynamic melt because of a TV show, but then me melt that same dynamic back to them, just showing them that, Hey, I'm just a guy like you and I work in the gun industry and I love the gun industry. Um, so that was kind of cool seeing that dynamic happen, but yeah, it definitely helped open some doors for me. Now we've got a, we've got a mutual friend and, and I think in Michael Sedini, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how long have you known? How long have you known Sadini? Oh man, um, maybe a couple of years after we started talking lead, so probably okay. like 2015, 2014, 2015, okay. somewhere in there. So for a while, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. Um, that was back, and I think I met him back in the Eagle Imports days, like pre Walk yeah. Talk. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, what up until like nineteen, I think, or something. You see Maybe. how I'm trying to get you some product placement to get some sponsorship. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I don't drink those, but my <laughs> wife, but my wife does. So yeah, that's, that's perfectly. It's the okay. only one. Typically, if, you know, you were talking about my Bucky's cap earlier. Uh, off yeah. air. Now, typically I've got a Bucky's uh, Yeti or Arctic or whatever they call it. Well, so. I mean, 
and I may offend you if you're if you swing the other way in Texas when I do this. But I figured I see all the Texas stuff. I heard the intro deep in the heart, Texas. I'm originally from San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And up until fifth grade, I lived in Texas. So I'm just going to put this on for a minute and uh, just rock out the rest of the show with that on there. I'm okay with Longhorn that. Tat. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know if you were going to like say gigum frogs or something. And then I just no, you know, say, oh, my so, computer doesn't work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so I have never. I've never really got into that that battle. Now, don't have the Ford Chevrolet argument with me because I'll, I'll go to my grave <laughs> with that. But uh, yeah, Longhorn Aggies, I never, not yeah. so much. Uh, it really, yeah. it really doesn't. And I got family members that, that take it all over the place. Um, interestingly enough, I spent a couple of decades as coach, instructor, all of that with 4-H shooting sports, right? Which is oh, nice. directly tied into A&M. So oh. I've got a lot of history with, <laughs> Working, being at A and M, working with A and M, but yeah. you know, when it comes to the teams, it's like, eh, you know, it, it is what, what it what? is. My, uh, oh. the uh, Sab Houston oh. Bearcats. <laughs> if I've got to pick, if I've got to pick a college, right, a university, uh-huh. whatever, it's Sam Houston Bearcats. They're they're pretty tough. Okay. Well, it's it's weird because I remember growing up down there. Every Thanksgiving, part of Thanksgiving as a family in Texas is the A and M Longhorns game. Mm-hmm. You know, every Thanksgiving. And since the, the Aggies went to SEC, it just it doesn't happen anymore. So the rivalry doesn't feel as as hateful as it used to. It's kind of odd. Uh, but now that Texas is going to the SEC, it'll it, I think it will peak back up again. Kick, kick back off again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you recognizing Texas and putting on the uh, no, yeah. the cap. That's uh that's awesome. Uh, I want to take a, a quick break here. We're definitely going to get into the gun school. Keep dropping those questions out there. I do got a few of those starred, uh, and uh, we'll get those as soon as possible. But taking a pause for the cause here and talk about being powered by Trailblazer Firearms. If you're not familiar, of course, with Trailblazer Firearms, you need to be because they're doing some really innovative stuff for a while now. They've had the Trailblazer Life Card, which is a little uh, the size of a credit card and uh, less than the thickness of a pack of cigarettes. Little single shot 22. They also have it 22 mag. I do hear some threaded barrels are coming soon, but uh, a really innovative little firearm. And then if you haven't seen the pivot, go check out just uh, uh, Google Foo or YouTube Foo CloverTac Pivot. It'll probably pop up, but uh, I was the first one outside of the Trailblazer uh, range and factory to shoot the pivot, and that is a little collapsible, swiveling 9mm carbine rifle that uh, should be hitting the market just about any day now. So uh, go check out some of their stuff over at trailblazerfirearms.com. They've been on the podcast before, so you can search through the uh, catalog and, of course, find some of that. Uh, and listen to uh, listen to it from the horse's mouth if you want to. Uh, so yeah, now back to uh, back to Zeke and modern gun school. So uh, I guess first of all, when did did you come in? Because I know nothing about before I uh, you know heard about it at NRA. I think it was NRA. I was walking around. It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I was walking around, and I'm always looking for. I've had some other gunsmithing schools and programs on the podcast before i didn't know nothing about it walked by and i'm like well okay this is this is kind of cool it was talking with the guys at the booth and and of course they give me a card and i look and it says zeke and i'm like well i know zeke what what's going on here and they're like you know and that's about the time you walked up right yeah and yeah. Uh, and i'm like well this is cool this works out great you know uh so is it new? Did it start when you got involved? Has it actually been around a while? What's the history of the of the school? The iteration of what it is now is fairly new. It was okay. founded in 1946. So Whoa. we have, a, yeah, there's a hashtag we use on all our um, social media is just since 46. So it's been around a while. It was taken to correspondence uh, back in the... Uh, early 2000s, I believe, and then taking online correspondence uh, back in 2011, 2012, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And now we've we've beefed up the curriculum. We've we've got a ton of hands-on projects. So there's there's seven or eight hands-on projects depending on which course you take. But it's a really really good program. And being that I've been around them before, it's 
and I can compare and I'm not going to you know, bash other ones. I mean, the other ones have great programs too. It's, it's kind of a different animal uh, on both mm-hmm. sides, but ours is really, really good when it comes to the hands-on stuff and jumping right into the gunsmithing stuff. Right. But yeah, it's, it's been a while around a while. It's just the iteration that it is now. I mean, and we rebranded, it used to just be modern gun school. Mm-hmm. And when I came on board, the first thing I did was rebrand it. And I wanted to be MGS trade school because I'd like to, somewhere down the road get other trades involved in the school not just the gunsmithing side uh i'd like for it to be weapon centric but if we find other trades that are you know welding or something like that because there's there's certain different things that you could still teach correspondence um Mm -hmm. there's a lot that you need that hands-on but there's certain things that you could still do concept wise um and get that not to mention the the conversations in the world right now are going away from bachelor's degrees, associate's degrees, master's degrees, absolutely, oh, and yeah. going towards trade schools, right? So mm-hmm. to have that in the name, the NGS Trade School, you know, that's kind of where we're we're pushing that out. Hey, look, this is a trade. You don't have to take English history and math to to become a gunsmith. You want to be a gunsmith because you like guns. You want to start right off the bat. Well, guess what? Boom, you enroll. You're doing gunsmithing right off the bat with us. I mean, you're not doing gunsmithing. Let me rewind. <laughs> you're <laughs> learning gunsmithing learning, right off the bat. Yeah, right, right. right. So if, if uh, yeah, I guess that was going to be my, my follow-up question with this. So with, with a lot of other programs, it says, here's our gunsmithing course. Yeah, I like the way that this is a trade school. So I guess we're, we're going to put the cart before the horse a little bit, but uh, are there elements of learning machining, learning welding, learning some of the other things that go into gunsmithing? Are there things incorporated into the program like that? Conceptually, yes. And then other things, yes, with the hands-on. I mean, the closest thing we can get to welding now. Like, I think I've talked to a few professional welders, uh, even a guy that does underwater welding, and he's nuts. Wow. But uh but you know they were they were telling me that there's ways to teach maybe tig welding or something simple i mean there's so many things that you have to learn as a welder um so we're probably not going to touch that too much but i mean the closest thing we come is is soldering um so we you know one of the hands-on things is silver soldering uh but which i know is not the same but i'm just trying to think something close i can attest to that Uh, i was in i was in in the electronics world for many years uh, I can solder like it's nobody's business as far as electronics, but you definitely don't want to trust your life to anything I weld. Right, uh, right, exactly. Not gonna, it's not going to end well, well, I can promise you. Totally different thing. The only thing that's close is it like, looks like metal connecting metal in the same way, but it's not. Yeah. It's not. No, no, it's, it's in the same vein. It's in the same route. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, but a very you know, softer, weaker bond. <laughs> It's interesting here you talk about incorporating these other programs. So I've got a friend that owns a gun shop here, has for years, uh, and he opened it with his brother-in-law. Uh, he is a, well, I mean, he's been a gunsmith and had the gun shop now for, I don't even know, a couple of decades or longer. But prior to that, he was a machinist by trade. And so I, I definitely see the overlap in skills and in the, the industry and marketable careers and things like that because he's one of the most amazing gunsmiths that i know and have ever Mm -hmm. known um and part of the reason is he doesn't even have to order your part i mean if he has some idea of what it looks like what it's supposed to do he's got that machinist mind and of course he has the equipment and knowledge to use it that he could throw a piece of aluminum or whatever up there and mill it out and he's done i've seen him duplicate hammers for old side-by-side shotguns and just all kinds of of crazy stuff it's amazing so i I see what you're saying i tell that story to relate it to what you're talking about with kind of broadening the the tent a little bit if you will yeah and and machinists tend to make some amazing gunsmiths i'm not going to say some of the best gunsmiths because i know gunsmiths that aren't machinists that are amazing gunsmiths right Mm -hmm. but um, uh, machinists do make amazing gunsmiths just because they have that aspect not to mention you know it was we debated for a while do we change it from a gunsmithing school do we change it to Mm -hmm. uh firearms repair do we change it to firearms maintenance do we change it to something else because the term gunsmith goes back to blacksmithing you know and it's you are smithing the parts needed to create a gun 
right? Yeah. And that's, that's few and far between. The guy you just mentioned is a true gunsmith. He can smith the parts. He doesn't have to order it from Brownells. Mm-hmm. And that does, and that that's not me downplaying people that order parts from Brandells because that's a lot easier and it takes a lot less time, so you can generate more revenue, right? It's just it, it, it's it's one of those mentality and and etymology of the word things that kind of bugged me in the beginning. Do we call it gunsmith? Do we call it gunsmith? And I was like, nah. It's I mean that's it's a term that's going to stay around for a long time, so might as well just right. leave it there. <laughs> yeah, it's part you know part of it. Uh, so for those that uh, so for those that may be interested, they're out there, they're intrigued. Uh, what's the process? Where do you start? What are the different? You know, let's walk through some of the different programs, but let's start with the basics. Yep. So I know basically nothing, right? I have a few firearms. I I clean them. I've taken them apart, but it's like, hey, I really want to make a go at this and uh, and learn more. Where's the starting point for MGS? Um, as far as like getting enrolled and everything, or mm-hmm. like course what? So the first thing you do is go to mgs.edu, which now we're getting into the commercial. (laughs) Go to mgs.edu, and then there's a button where you can either, if you know, okay, I like this, this is for me, I've read the whole website, I know what's going on, I'm going to enroll right now, you can click the Enroll Now button. If you want to talk to somebody at admissions, uh, click the uh, Request Info button, and then admissions will get back to you within 48 hours. Um, if you do that on a Friday, don't expect that they're going to call you on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. That's the only disclaimer to that. They'll probably be Monday or Tuesday before they get to you. Um, but we've got a really good admissions team that knows the course inside and out so they can answer every question you possibly have. Um, and you just get the ball rolling that way. That's the easiest way to get started there. Yep. Now, is there, is there, as far as signing up for the various programs, is there, Mm -hmm. You know, what does the, the novice, the person just getting into, are they going to start and progress through various programs? Or if somebody's coming in later, is there an option to, to skip? How does that work? No, if you, if you sign up, you got to take it all the coursework. You've got to okay. take it all. Because it's not like, you know, most colleges have, have credit hours for each course you take, right? Well, then you right. can clap out a certain test and not have to pay for that course. We're not set up like that. It's not a credit hour thing. This is a correspondence okay. course leading to a certificate. So. Right. We don't, we're not able to like, oh, well, you know that, so we'll test you out. And it's kind of a progressive one big course, if right. that makes sense. It's right. not like, and that's probably, English and that probably and, helps, that probably helps with the curriculum too, right? Because, yeah, it does. Everybody, it does. everybody has the same foundation going forward. Right. And, and what it makes it easier for me to beef up the course as we go along, because instead of, you know, if I, if we were at college and we were degree granting, and I wanted to do a Kydex making pro- lab or project or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I would have to write an entire semester course on Kydex holsters, which <laughs> right. anybody that's made that, you pretty much take a gun, you put the Kydex around it, you, you mold it, you heat it up in the toaster, all this stuff that you do, it's pretty simple. And, you know, it's a couple pages of a course, which equals a good right. lab and a good project. Mm-hmm. Well, because we're correspondents and it's just the one gunsmithing certificate, it's just that ongoing course that, you know, you take the whole time. I can just throw that in there and then I can throw in another project and I can throw in another project. Yes, at some point in time, we'd have to increase the tuition to cover cost of materials and stuff like that. But right. we're still keeping the cost low, too. You know, instead of 20, 22, 23,000, um, you know, we're still coming in under five grand you know, for wow. a lot of this stuff. <clears throat> wow. Very nice. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we've got, let's move to, uh, this right here, Stan from, uh, SS pawn out there. Yeah. He says that their local gunsmith has an eight month waiting period and turnaround. So I think that speaks to the whole trade school thing, right? With what you were Absolutely. talking about earlier and potential job availability. If there's that type of a waiting period, to me, that signifies a, a demand, right, in the market. Yeah. And this is what I tell people all the time. The, the one thing that people think is I get this certificate and I'm a gunsmith. Well, I know people that went to Harvard Medical School and they're crappy doctors. They're, right. <laughs> or they're not doctors so, at all, right? Or not doctors at all, right? So it, it we'll give you all the knowledge you need to go out there and become a gunsmith, right? 
it's how you apply it to your work. It's how you focus on a, a niche. You know, a lot of people get into engraving and they're killers and then they do amazing engraving work. And that's all they do as a gunsmith. They can still do all the other stuff, but they, they found that niche. And that's how you become a better gunsmith. But to his point, I tell people when I'm having these conversations with them and they ask, you know, am I going to become a gunsmith? Is it worth it to become a gunsmith? Can I, can I do it? And I ask them, count on your hands how many really good gunsmiths in 100 miles of you there are that you can name. Uh-huh. And most people can only count one or two. You know, yeah, if that, yeah. You know, if you're, if you're, yeah, if you're closer to a bigger Nashville or or Charlotte or Houston or San Antonio or wherever, there's probably a few more. Uh, there's probably some shops that have some good ones. But you know, you get out in the rural areas, uh, outside of these towns, and people are like one, maybe two, mm-hmm. and one of them just retired. So okay, we're back down to one. So yep. yeah, I mean, the the backlog fills up really quick on the good gunsmiths, especially if you get really good at what you do. If you apply that knowledge that we give you can make a decent living. I'm not saying you're going to get wealthy doing it. <laughs> right. But I mean, that's, and that's where, you know, when students will say, you know, I, I really like to take this farther than the, just the gunsmith thing. And I'm like, well, think of design, think of ideas, think, think of stuff that you can patent because we're, and this frustrates me every shot show. We're in an industry with some of the best engineering minds in the world. And every year at SHOT Show, somebody releases a new AR. And it's like... Or a, where's, or a where's, Gucci Glock. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, we've seen it. We we know what that is. You didn't innovate. You know, you got mm. the Caltech, you got the Barrett, you've got a handful of people that are still innovating, that are still coming up with new stuff. Um, B&T, that's a, they're another one. And then the the, uh, the Trailblazer firearms you're talking about. Were you t- The flip one, is that where the top receiver yeah flips, like almost the 180 and then it locks Halfway in 180 yeah 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 yeah. that thing yeah. that thing's cool you know stuff like that is innovative but yeah. you don't see a whole lot of that so if you take our course i'm not saying let me disclaimer because we are accredited so i, I don't need to like say oh you'll be a millionaire could you do this if you take what you learn in our course and as you're learning different guns and tearing them apart and rebuilding them and repairing them and cleaning them and everything else think of what would make a, a better mousetrap you know, mm-hmm. and, and and then you can come up and you can patent it. You know, there's. Yep. Um, well, I mean, look at the aftermarket world, yeah. right? The aftermarket yep. world in the yep. firearm industry. So that right oh, there tells you that there's a massive opportunity for somebody that knows design, that knows how things work. And like you say, see an opportunity for a better mousetrap, patent a, a part, either sell that to a, a company to produce it aftermarket or kick it yeah. off and produce it yourself. Yeah, totally. No, I mean, and, and that's the thing. It doesn't even have to be a new gun. You know, it could be a new way to attach a buttstock. Yep. You know, that people are like, oh my God, that's so much simpler. Why didn't I think of that? You know, mm-hmm. it's always the, why didn't I think of that ideas that will make you wealthy. <laughs> right. Post right. Usually Let me put some gummy they're... stuff on the back of paper and then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like no, no kidding. I mean, they were using their chewing gum and they're like, why don't we just put this on there? And nobody has to, has to, yeah, exactly. And I think it's, it's a lot of people think when they have an idea, I think a lot of people obviously go to, well, that's so simple. Somebody's already come up with it. And it's like, most of the time, not so much. Mm -hmm. Right. I have had Um, two ideas of mine. One was, one was cheesy and I'll talk about it. The other one was not cheesy and I, I might have, some recourse for it but i won't talk about that but you know two ideas one of them i thought you know why not in a shower you know i was getting lazy i was gaining a little weight you know i didn't want to bend over and scrub my feet why not have like a scrubbing pad on the floor of the shower and it has the soap in it and you stomp on it and the soap comes up and scrubs your feet for you and then it wasn't like a year or two later i see it on a infomercial and somebody's selling that and I didn't tell it. It's not like they stole my idea. I mean, it's a common idea that would come up in your head, but right. I didn't do anything about it. And I think all the time, right. I'm like, man, what if I would have like gone and got the patent on that? Yeah. You know, no. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I've got two of those stories actually. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, it wasn't just an idea. I actually was doing it. So the first is, uh, this was back in the, I guess the late eighties or so, uh, nowadays you see all the lights under the cars, right? The wheels are lit up, the undercar lights and all that. I was getting 
12 volt RV fluorescent lights and painting the bulbs. Of course, they had a cover that went over the bulb, painting the bulbs with neon paint, spray paint, and putting them under my vehicles like back in the late 80s, right? Nice. Um, the other one, and I never built this, but my my mom and dad actually, my mom, I think it was, was cleaning up and had found it one year. Um, but the I don't know if you've ever seen the folding dolly, but it's a yeah, it's, I've got one in push. my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, they make them now. There is a put, and yep. this was back. This was way but be, well before I ever seen one on a shelf. It was a decade probably. My, I literally my, my drew out thing. plans. My favorite you know, thing right now is everybody's going. Everybody's going. Why does he have a folding dolly in his bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Wait, wait. Go uh, ahead. Sorry. <laughs> he's got that much stuff. Right, right. Uh, but no, I mean it, it's one of the things that were. You know, I had the idea. I I executed, but I never thought. Hey, I need to pursue this. I need to patent this. This could be a thing, right? I could sell this idea to somebody. And a lot of people they don't. They don't understand. They don't grasp intellectual property, but that's a real thing. Right. Yeah. You, know, you don't have yeah. to have a tangible product necessarily. Uh, just the idea alone, a lot of times, you, is. I know people that have like gotten that. patent from a sketch on a on a napkin. Uh huh. You know, if if it's a patent, it can be proven nobody's ever done it, and it's your idea. It doesn't matter if you've got it, you know, printed out and made and everything else. Yep, you're so. done. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so uh, ADX out there, Zeke hit a couple of these. Uh, says, what's the yeah. pace of the course? So that's a good question. Yep. Um, it's it is correspondence. So it's at your own pace to an extent. So we give eighteen months to complete the course. If you're a gun guy, if you've built a gun before, if you repair them, if you tear your guns down, clean them, you'll get through it pretty quick. I've seen. I think the quickest I've seen since I started is like six or eight months somewhere in there. Wow. Um, I, and, and even then I'm like, okay, this guy either lost his job or, you know, it's fresh out of high school or something, you know, sure. cause you, you, you still got to spend the time to do it. But I mean, they, they burn it up and they took it out. Um, if you, we have a lot of people that are changing careers, so they may be older and they have a full-time job. We give you up to 18 months to complete it. But if you get to 18 months and you still got a little bit more, there's a fee that you, and I don't ask me to you what the fee is i can't think what it is but it, I, i'm <laughs> right. pretty sure it's less than I, I think it's less than 100 bucks right. but basically we extend you for a few months after that okay. so gotcha. but i haven't seen anybody have to use that <clears throat> now uh yeah you mentioned it before and just so when you when you get into cost and fees and the courses all the things we're talking about remember where you're watching and listening uh, i do have a link down below so uh, just click on that and and run through it uh swamp dog out there um He's asking, is, is MGS <laughs> is MGS still working with F1 firearms? So yep. Um, yep. that leads into, you know, are you guys getting support from some industry folks? We are. Um, the, the downfall of being accredited, right, is there's certain things that you are not allowed to talk about until the course is approved and launched. The F1, uh, we can talk about. You know, F1, we, we've got to build, uh, we have three different levels. You've got your basic, your advanced, and your advanced two. Advanced two is kind of like the um, uh, the, the entrepreneurial route, right? Because a big complaint I always saw was, you know, great, I've done the course and everything, and now I've got a few hand tools. Now i got to go get the drill press and this and this and the grinder and the bench and all this other stuff to start it up. Well, in advanced two, we're going to give you all those tools that you need. I mean, we're not giving it to you. You're paying for it within your tuition, but we're going out and we're finding right. the deals. And then when you graduate, you get a big pallet of, you know, all these tools and stuff. Um, and then one of the, the projects is going to be a build. And we're going to have several different builds. Right now, F1 is the, the only one right now. Um, but there's, as far as industry response and industry relations, we're getting a lot of good stuff that I can't talk about yet because it involves right. a course that we're developing, if that right. makes sense. No. So totally as we develop sense. these as we develop these courses, once they're approved by our accrediting body, then boom, I'm going to be like, hey, you know, XYZ Firearms is going to do this with us and blah, 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 blah. But right now we can't talk about it. But yes, we, we're getting a lot of favorable response. Um, right. One of the things I like to do at SHOT Show and NRA both is, is make these connections with these companies because another thing is there's, there's really not a, 
know, job board for gunsmiths, which that's one thing we're going to start on our website. Right. Mm-hmm. Is kind of have a job board for people to reach out to either our students or gunsmiths in general. And you can go and check it out. You know, XYZ gun shop down on Smith Street is, is needing a gunsmith. And you, if you, right. you're close or if you want to move or whatever and uh, do stuff like that. So I, I kind of want to connect people with, with opportunities in the industry too. Right. And I, that could be, that could be a really cool dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. I'm surprised there's not anything like that. I mean, I'm sure they're advertising on the normal employment. Yeah. NSSF has their like job that. board. Yeah. Yeah. NSSF but that has helps. a job board and there's a few others, but I don't think there's any gunsmithing specific. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that, that benefits not only the, the people looking for employment, but the, the businesses as well. I mean, they've got dedicated people coming there. You know what I mean? I mean, why would yep. you be an accountant and go to a gunsmithing place to sign up to look for a job? Right. So exactly. um, it, it, it kind of helps weed out some of the uh, some of the other stuff that you were you were talking about, the the basic, the intermediate, the advanced, the those. So is there any type of option? Because there is a there's a local gunsmithing through the community college here, a local gunsmithing course that's, that's interesting. And I'm thinking they probably do this because they're smaller and I mean, it's, it's rural East Texas and they can, but if you go through their program, they have to go through all three, you know, and they've got the three, two basic intermediate and advanced level. But once you go through that, they welcome you to come back and sit in and participate again and do other things. So is there a way for like a continuing education for people to brush up and all of that once they've been through the course? That is on my plate that I'm developing this year. You know, this okay. this fiscal year. That when I when I came on board uh, January 2020, it was mm-hmm. grow, grow, grow. You know, let's right. get let's get the funding where get it done. We can yeah. yeah, let's get it growing so we have funding come in so we can do these other projects, right? And mm-hmm. now that we've grown a good bit and we've got a good bit of leads and, and enrollments coming in, now I'm going out and I'm creating new either hands-on projects. I'm creating new curriculum. And one of the things I really want to do is have an opportunity for our graduates to, uh, for example, you know, this, this new advanced too, it's a new course, right? Mm-hmm. Have them have a way to just enroll and just do the parts that weren't in their advanced one that they graduated uh, from. Does that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not there yet because there's a lot of regulatory things with that too, but Right. They just, just come getting, back and hit on the right. hit on the modules that's been updated or the modules that's been added. Right. Yeah. W- one thing you'll see uh, probably in the next couple of months is uh, I'm trying to reach out to a lot of companies. Aquas Defense is ready to help us out down in Louisiana uh, that will take in. We're not going to call them interns because it's not going to be an official MGS program, but we're going to facilitate mm-hmm. them for coming in as kind of an apprentice or something like that sure. with the yeah. knowledge that we've taught them and they're willing to teach them what they need them to know. And then that's a big feather in their cap for the resume or, you know, maybe Aquas loves them and, and hires them on. And right. I want, I, yeah. my goal over my goal in five years is to have at least, at least a minimum of one of those in every state that way. It's not like somebody's in New Hampshire that take our course. And they're like, oh, I got to go to Louisiana for that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, right. But it's, it's oh. all on the student. Like I said, it's not an official MGS program. We're just kind of like, hey, you know, Joe Mo down at Aquas, can you, you want to do this? And he's like, yeah, I'll take three guys and we'll send it out an email to all our grads. And then he gets to pick them and do all that from that. Right. So, yeah. 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 And I think that, I mean, you bring that up. I mean, when we first kicked off, you were talking about the trade you know, part of, you know, uh, of MGS. And I think that plays yeah. into it as well. A lot of people uh, have, you know, there was this, and I think people have started for many years now to realize it, but, you know, there for a while, it was go to college, go to college, go to college, go to college, right? It's like, that's all we've heard. Yep. Um, and, you know, what happened to apprenticeships? What happened to, you know, if you, you know, the best master plumber, master electrician, master carpenter in your area. There's a lot of things you can learn just working alongside that. Oh, guy, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I use myself as a big example of that. You know, I have a degree in biology and sports medicine and I work in the gun industry. Sure. I, I, I'm, now, did I work in the medical field for 13 years? Sure. Yeah. But that's not what I chose. You know, it's it's kind of like, okay, I'll pick this because this is the degree I'm closest to as I'm about to graduate, right? Mm-hmm. And I tell my kids, both of them are athletes. 
and they want to play college softball and baseball and football, et cetera, like that. And I tell them, if you don't get a college scholarship to play your sport and that's your dream that happens, mm-hmm. then take a breath. If you need to sit out and work for a year, whatever, don't go to a big university just because your friends are, just because you're told you got to go to college, got to go to college, got to go to college. Um, right. Figure out what you want to do with your life. Uh, if you don't know, go to a trade school for six weeks, you know, get some machining certificate or something, go do that for a while and you'll make good money. And maybe somewhere down the line, something will click. And you'll be like, Ooh, I want to do this. And then you go and you further education, or maybe you want to go back to a big university and become a doctor. It's been great. But mm-hmm. I, I don't want them to end up in a situation where I was, where I had a biology degree. I didn't even have a clinical certificate. I was lucky enough to get a job as a clinical director at a general practice, but that was very lucky. You know, most people with a biology degree say, would you like fries with that their first day on the job? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I tell my kids, you know, if, if you are going to go to college, even if you're going to play sports and you get a free ride because you're playing sports, pick a degree that's going to get you a job, you know, if, if you're going to be a history major, then you better be going to be a teacher, right? You know, right. If, yeah. if you get a history degree and you don't want to teach, what are you going to do with that $100,000 in debt depending or on the, de- or whatever? Depending yeah. on the, the history topic, I mean, right. maybe work for some museums or something like that. But, I mean, there's only so many museums. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> And I just totally bashed my co-host Ashley from the TV show because that's uh, what I can't. Well, but you get what I'm saying. But here's the thing is there's not that many of those jobs out there. That's the no, thing, right? No. Well, if you're talking Ashley yep. or Logan with high caliber history and you yep. don't thought of the other ones we know, um, how many museum curators and professionals and whatever are, there's not that many jobs out there, right? There's not that oh, yeah. many museums that need that. Uh, and, you know, are you going to be able to make a, you know, I guess you could say, well, okay, the local, you know, county museum here, right? But they're only open on like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for three hours a day. So, I mean, what kind of a career is that working for, and, you know, and, someplace like that? And their curators probably volunteer. Either volunteer <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure or, you is. know, he, I'm sure it is. he yeah. makes like a $10,000 stipend and he has to have another job job, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm um, sure he does. Oh, yeah. So it, it, the trade school thing is important to me. It's near and dear to my heart because I experienced it. You know, there, there's times that I look back and I'm like, you know, I, I went to college to play basketball. I wanted to play basketball. You were I tall enough. Getting, yeah, I, I ended up getting cut two weeks before the first game. And then I hopped around. Yeah, it was some because Juco's you were training. white wasn't it? It was because you were white. No. Don't lie. <laughs> no, it's because you couldn't I got jump. there. That's what it was. No, I could jump. Then I can't now. Uh, right. But I got there and I was a point guard. I was a six, seven point guard. And I get there and it was night and day, a whole nother world. Uh, it doesn't matter what the race was. I mean, the speed yeah. level, the athleticism was, oh my God, it was, it was yeah. culture shock, you know? You get out there and and people were jumping all over the gym and flying down the court as fast as they could be. And I'm like, uh oh. (laughs) Right. So, um, but, but I wish now once I got cut and I realized, okay, basketball's done for me, I would have sat back, worked for a while in some field and tried to figure out what I wanted to do. Because that's why, I I mean, I didn't mention this earlier. It took me 10 years to get a bachelor's degree because I I changed my major like five, six, seven times. And that's common. That's really common. Right. Exactly. And the only reason I settled on biology is like, oh, I'm closest to this one. Let me get my degree. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, nah, but yeah, that, that's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's important for people, people to think about that when they're young and to go, I shouldn't just go to college because everybody just says you got to go to college. Yeah. So. And, <laughs> you know, and to at the end of the day, I mean, life is a journey and it's like, sometimes that's what it takes, you know? Um, you know, I thought for the longest that, you know, I wanted to be a mechanic. Uh, and I don't I don't even know at this point if AF, ASC certifications expire. But if they don't, I'm still a ASC certified mechanic, right? Um, now, I couldn't work on new cars nowadays with all the computers and, and other crazy stuff that you got to have. But uh, I understand all of the, the mechanics of that, uh, which is which is great knowledge to have. But, yeah, I went to study that, took courses, got those certifications, and you know, life happens and somewhere along the way, 
uh, ended up working actually for Sears in their automotive uh, department. And the alignment machines were always breaking down. The uh, And so they were like, hey, we're tired of calling in the service guys for these alignment machines. And they offer a school where you can repair them. They'll teach you to repair them. Well, all they were was a computer hooked up to a bunch of doodads that measured the front end, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was a small leap from going, hey, I'm a greasy, sweaty mechanic, but now I know how to work on computers. And computers are the new thing. We're talking the late 90s, right? And that ended up to nearly a 20-year stint, you know, owning my boat, own business in the IT space, right? So, yeah, I get you. Is It was, I want to do this. Oh, wait, now there's this opportunity. And a lot of times it happens that way. So, you know, it's it's hard. I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, it's kind of hard to discourage people to not experiment and, and try right. things and and everything because doors can can get open. It it does happen. It's funny you said the uh, the uh, mechanic stuff, and you can't work on modern cars. When working on modern car cars nowadays, just plugging in a USB. <laughs> Basically, the yeah. scanner. Plug yeah, this in and it'll tell me what to do. Um, yeah. But that's kind of where I got the idea to have all these tools, you know, because most mechanic schools, like I know Nashville Auto Diesel College, when you graduate there, you get a pallet full of tools because right. most big dealerships and body shops and everything else, you can't just walk in and say, I'm a mechanic. Let me work. I'll use oh, your yeah. tools. No, they're like, oh, OK, where's your tool? You know, and so I kind of wanted to have that for our students. You know, I wanted them mm-hmm. to be able to graduate and go, oh, cool. I got everything I need. And that's to either start their own business in the garage, you know, because we walk you through the process of getting your own FFL and everything like that. So you graduate and you'll have your FFL. Or if you want to, you know, have these tools and go down to your local gun shop and gun range and say, hey, I can be your gunsmith. You don't have one. I can work on guns because you've got all these rental guns. Let me work on them in the back. And that way you don't have to send them off and wait for them to come back from another FFL. So with uh, this, we've got Swamp Dog out there again. He says, any scholarships or financial aid availability? Do you know of anything? See, that I, you know what I'm loving about? about this is I know Swamp Dog well. <laughs> yeah. And he's, yeah. he's throwing me softballs because he knows these are good questions. And he's yeah, like, it's yeah. like, almost like he's part of the interview. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, we, we do, we are GI Bill and VA uh, approved. So, um, we, we don't have degree granting, so we can't give like uh, housing allowance and all that other stuff. Can't get that. But as far as like the tuition, it's covered. Um, you just need to go to your local VA rep, call our admissions uh, department first, uh, go to the mgs.edu, get all the information from them. And then they can kind of walk you through it. Cause our guys are VA certified in the office too. So, right. But yeah, uh, as far as scholarships, not yet. Um, that's, one of my to-do list over the next couple of years. Once we get the curriculum where I want it, once we get, you know, the, it, it's growing itself, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to source some scholarship funding um, from, you know, different organizations, stuff like that. Maybe, you know, so Danny, I can call a walk talk and say, Hey man, do y'all want to fund a, some kind of scholarship through you guys? You know, mm-hmm. there, there's lots of things you can do scholarship wise. <clears throat> and we, we really want to do that. Uh, but that's another regulatory thing too. So, you know, once I actually start working on getting those, we can't talk about them until they're approved, you know. Kind of right. Yeah. yeah. No, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, want to say uh shout out and thanks to, uh, the honest truth out there became the newest channel member in the crew just a few seconds Sweet. ago. So thanks for that. And speaking of that, he's got a question. So we'll go ahead and, uh, or actually had a comment and we'll hit it. He said, dude, if gun school was even hinted to me when I was a teen, I would have been a Smith by now. So, yep. uh, yeah, it's something trade schools in general are uh, typically, you know, not talked about. Now, you know, when you talk about, about Zeke, the, the scholarship, the funding aspect of it. So as you start moving forward, keep in touch with me on that. As yeah, you know, ties with, ties with 4-H shooting sports. And I can see the shooting sports world and some funding scholarship opportunities somehow coming together. Um, so I know that, that I know that my okay. daughter, I know that my youngest daughter through uh, some shooting sports through 4-H shooting sports, as well as some other scholarships and things, grants and different programs, um, had a five-year free ride at, at Sam Houston State University. Go Bearcats. Um, so 
it's it's possible you know to to maybe line something out and and i think that could be a cool collaboration with people that are already in that shooting sports the firearms realm kind of helping each other out right yep so that's one thing i can talk about and i would love to talk about it because if anybody has any feedback uh i'll actually throw my email out here at the end you can send it to me and you might have some ideas too mm-hmm. and because it's not a course it's not regulated you, <laughs> you know, can talk we don't about have it. our credit yeah it's, i want to start all right let's go back to the a&m and longhorns right <clears throat> right if i graduate from university of texas and they don't have sports. You think I'm going to follow to see what the curriculum's looking like, like with the Longhorns? No. Mm-hmm. But they get people following and, and supporting and backing in this camaraderie with the football team and a basketball team and softball and baseball and sure. swimming and all these sports, right? And people are fans, you know, after it's that. Morale thing. And then, and yeah. Right. And then you get that at other places, too. What a lot of people don't realize is the majority of these big universities, including Harvard, Yale, Princeton, all these big, they have shooting teams. Now, they're not school NCAA sports, but they're club mm-hmm. teams run by the students. Yep. But yep. I want to start a shooting team with our school. And part of the, uh, somebody coming in, you know, whether it's coming in from being a 4-H shooting person or whatever from their high school, you know, part of them coming in and being on the shooting team is a, is a full scholarship kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that's one thing that I really, really look forward to getting going. That's it's also something that's maybe a year or so down the road. Um, but, yeah, I definitely want to get that going, both have a men's and women's, uh, you know, two or three people on each side and, and rock that out. Because I think that would be really cool for our grads because, you know, once you graduate from a trade school, you're not going to open up their email campaigns and stuff like that. You're just like, okay, yeah, Bart, you know, I'm a That's welder. Spam. I'm not going to, yeah, right. I, right. I got an email from Podunk state where I got my welding certificate. Yeah, no, I'm not opening that. But if it, you know, the MGS, whatever's, you know, whatever our mascot is, and they're going to be competing in the Bianchi cup, you know, or they're going to be competing against, you know, uh, the university of Tennessee in, in a, in a big clay shooting match or something like that. I think, that would really build some enthusiasm around their alma mater, you know, and they could say, Oh yeah, I'm alumni at MGS. We're going to be doing this. It's going to be really cool. Right. Um, as we start kind of winding down here, uh, Zeke at the top of the hour, one thing when we were talking about, we were talking about the tools and, you know, modern gunsmithing and all this other stuff. And so, um, I'm surprised nobody out there will chastise the chat a little bit. I'm surprised nobody has brought this up or said anything. But how has 3D printing played a role that you've seen in the in the gunsmithing world? From the perspective of what we're doing, it's created such a big role that I am debating trying to figure out a 3D printing course. Uh-huh. Um, the unfortunate side of that is all these stupid rules that are starting to come up with three 3d printing guns. You right. Know, right. I, I am a second amendment staunch shall not be infringed guy. 100%. I'm also a businessman and I need to cover my ass. <laughs> right. You know, so if I see yeah. some weird buzz around, Oh, they're going to shut this down. I'm personally mad, but from the business perspective, I'm like, I can't touch it yet. You know, Right. I need to see yeah. that it's somewhere where it's it's safe for us to go with that because you got to think you got to buy a three D printer. I mean, that's something where we would need to have part of your curriculum, part of your tools you get would be a three D printer and printer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a big obstacle to overcome there, and I sure. hope we overcome it. You know, I really do because I think the advent of the three D printer in these in these uh, like you know Swamp Dog Armory, he's done them. The gun makers matches. Uh, yep. You know, people are putting on matches where you have to have printed or made that gun from scratch. Um, right. I mean, that, maybe not all from scratch. You can probably get a barrel and slide and all that stuff. But you know what I'm saying. Right. Um, I think it, it's it's done a ton, not just for cool, I can make my own gun like the 80 percenters always were. Mm-hmm. But it's done a ton from the perspective of innovation. Because I've seen a lot of really cool stuff. Swamp Dog's done some cool things. That I'm like, oh, wow, what is that? You know, 
Right. Um, you know, I, there, there's so many shooting gallery, New England's another one. I mean, it, mm-hmm. some of these guys yep. are doing some stuff where you're like, that's a gun. That's kind of cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> How'd you come up with that? And it's coming from the advent of being able to design stuff in 3d print it, you know? Right. Now, yeah. are you, are you becoming a Guinea pig with some of this new stuff? Sure. But if you got the, the, the balls to do it, do it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't jumped off into 3d printing for years now. It's like, I'm, I'm on the, I've been looking at printers. I, I get this decided on what I want. Something else comes up, you know, it's just one of those things, but it, it's, you know, uh, the whole idea of building a firearm on a 3D printer aside, just the ability for tools and parts and things of that nature, right? Parts to hold parts mm-hmm. or make parts or whatever the case may be. I mean, the 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 field is so wide open when it comes to 3D printing that, yep. you know, I think there's a place for it regardless of, you know, regulations on whether or not you're making serialized frames or whatever the yeah. flavor of the day is for the government right well and and that's the good thing where we're at now with it is if you're a gunsmith and you've got your oh, i always forget i think it's the class three where you can serialize a, a firearm over um if you've got it then you can still rock it out man do whatever you've got to do you know mm-hmm. throw a serial number on there you know log it in all that stuff do i wish we wouldn't have to do that yeah sure but you got to work with what you got at the point right. we can we can vote to get stuff changed and we can protest and we can do everything within our power to do um for right now you know that's kind of where things are headed you know and sure. and, and the new rules came out today and i'm not going to speak on them because i haven't read them all um yeah, but they, they went into effect today so <clears throat> yeah yeah uh, but i hear between... they're so vague that there's a lot of people that are you know going, well that's this is too vague that's anything when it's a rule, right? That's yeah. that's what yeah. they 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 do that with legislation, uh, and especially that's the problem with unelected bureaucrats. And I don't mean to get all two A here, but that's the problem with unelected bureaucrats is you know they just come up with something vague, and then or if they're they're working off vague vague legislation, and then you hand that vague legislation to a bunch of unelected bureaucrats, they can make up whatever they want. And do whatever yep. they want. And they're not held yep. accountable. They're not, I mean, yeah, okay. Somebody can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars and sue and take it to the Supreme Court. And what are they going to do? They're going to defy yep. the Supreme Court. They're going to go some other way with it. You know, it's just like a never ending struggle. It is. And, it, and a lot of it is posturing. I always find it interesting how gun rights, abortion, and religion, and most of the time <laughs> it's, it's, you know, or or not even just religion, but, uh, you know, border control. All of that right. stuff becomes huge issues right about now. And we're a couple months out from election. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I posted this is this is this is kind of funny, but I actually created a meme. Uh, we went to the local Mexican food joint for my grandbaby's birthday Saturday. And I walk into the, I go, have to go to the bathroom. I walk into the bathroom and I'm used to seeing for a good time, call Jenny, you know, eight, seven, six, five, three, oh, nine, whatever. Uh, or so-and-so does, <laughs> does all kind whatever, right. On the bathroom walls, right. Pictures of you use your junk. imagination, right? Yeah. <laughs> pictures of junk. That's what I'm used to on the bathroom walls. And it's nothing but political on the bathroom walls. It's like F Joe Biden, Trump train, F, trump and you're like that's so i took pictures and i made a meme it's like when did the writing on bathroom walls become so political i don't i don't get it i will i I will tell you i will tell you and this is about as political as i'll get on your show so a long time ago it started back in the gladiator days Mm. the people in charge figured out if we have two sides in an event and we pit both groups of people against each other to where they fight longhorns and aggies right we can do whatever we want at the top right you know we can get away with whatever we want keep them they entertained figured it out in politics they figured it out yeah. in politics too well you know we've we've distracted them with movies and tv and sports and everything else and video games yep. but that's stopping to work because of this thing called the internet 
this internet is giving them too much information. So what do they do? And by the way, I am not suicidal. So if I die in the next day or so for after this interview, <laughs> right. we, we know I right. was knocked off. So, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but gotcha. you know, they're getting to the point where, Hey, let's pit the left against the right. Just like we do with the sports. Sure. And make them look at us like deities. So yeah. we'll fight for them. Um, we'll get away with whatever we want at the top and they'll be down here thinking they're make a difference by yelling at the left wing and yelling at the right, right. wing. And we're right. all doing this and they're like, ha ha, they, they, they fell for it. You know, I yeah. remember when I was a kid and we'd go to family reunions and I would have left wing, left wing family and I'd have right wing family mm-hmm. and were there debates? Sure. And did they get heated sometime? Sure. But guess what? When we went and played horseshoes afterwards, everybody's hugging each other and having a good time. Right now. Yeah. People want the other side to die. And, right. and this is, this, this is yeah. what drives me nuts. Yeah. You've, got, you've got all these people on either side. They're throwing around what F word right now? Fascism, right? Yeah. The same people that are calling people fascists, and I'm not just talking about the left. The, I've seen right-wing people do it too. The same people that are calling people fascists do not realize that as they're saying, you're a bunch of fascists, you should think like us. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa that's what fascism is. Everybody's <laughs> exactly. the same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. if if you want everybody to be like you, that's fascism. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I yeah. can't understand how people are hearing All words the- on whatever media source they want and they're throwing it and using it against people yeah. without going, oh, that's what that means. Oh, crap. I'm kind of doing that. <laughs> right. The, uh, the hypocrisy uh, and the irony run, run very thick. Uh, oh yeah, and you gotta oh, yeah. you gotta laugh you gotta laugh at it at some point because you know you, you just have to. Uh, oh yeah, G twenty G twenty three out there. He said, "I'm just here because I was told there was going to be free Texas barbecue, so that would be at your local Bucky's here in Texas. Come on down; they've got plenty of it. Just tell them that uh, Clover Tax sent you. If you make that drive, G twenty three from California down here to Bucky's, I'm sure I can arrange some free barbecue for you. So. Bring it on. We'll make it happen. Um, nice. Yeah, we got to close some things out, but I've been saving this one for 500 Magnum. It's not been on topic, but he says, y'all's thoughts on uh, the rare 357 Maximum. Have you got any experience with that cartridge? Um, my immediate thought is sadness, and I want to cry because I'm usually pretty abreast of new, new uh, rounds and calibers that come out, and I've never heard of it. Yeah, um, I've seen it. Bad. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it in some reloading uh, manuals and some of my books and things, but I unfortunately I have no experience with it. Um, I know 357 Magnum is 100% awesome, so a 357 yeah, yeah, Maximum yeah. has got to be even better, right? I mean, so is it just a think, hotter 357 Magnum? Like that's that's assumed? yeah, that's that's sort of what I get from it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, a little bit and is bigger. It, is it? Yeah. Is it compatible with 357 Magnum gun? No, as far as I know, the case dimensions are are off. As far are as different. I okay. know, but again, I know I know little more, if any, than you. So, uh, yeah. sadly, that's why I saved that one. Uh, <laughs> for I will say Magnum the name is cool. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's wind this one down. Zeke, I'm going to give you. Uh, you said you were going to throw your email out in case people had uh, yeah. questions. By the way, the uh, website for the Gun School down in the comments below. So wherever you're watching, listening, you can hit on that. But uh, yeah, give us those those closing thoughts on the Gun School contact info, everything else you uh, you need to throw out there. Uh, take it away. Yeah, so the the easiest and quickest way to get information is go to mgs.edu and click the request more info, and our admissions team will get back to you fairly quick. Uh, if you don't, please don't blow my email up, but I'm going to give it out because if you've got ideas and stuff like that, it is Z-S-T-O-U-T at blackstone.edu. It's not mgs.edu because I also uh, help with some of our sister schools. And Blackstone is kind of the flagship uh, school uh, in right. that group. Um, but uh, yeah, mgs.edu is the website to go to get more information. It's got all of our social media on there too. Um, and the, typically the social media is all modern gun school. I think a couple of them we've got MGS trade school, um, but it's all on the website. 
Um, me, if you want to reach out to me, uh, Instagram is Instagram and Facebook. They're all Zeke, Z-E-K-E underscore Stout, S-T-O-U-T. And that's how you find me on those. Awesome. Well, Zeke, buddy, uh, it was good to see you back in May for yeah. the fleeting moment we did. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll see you probably SHOT Show would be the next stop. And uh, yeah, thanks um, for coming on. Thanks. Range Day will be next for me, or Eric's Range Day. Right, better. Oh, okay. That. You're going to IB 8888. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That'll be my next one. And then shot show after that. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be shot for me. It'll be the next big one uh, for me. I've got, uh, I go to the Tulsa show twice a year. Okay. Uh, nice. The, the big, the big Tulsa show, largest gun Is show. That Wanamaker? For those that don't know. Yeah. The Wanamakers. Wanamakers yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for those that don't know, largest gun show in the world, and put that on your bucket list and, and definitely make it. But, yeah, I make that and work media there uh, twice a year. They have it twice a year in April and November. So that'll be my next one uh, and then SHOT Show. So we'll definitely see you in SHOT Show and, yep. and all that stuff. Thanks for thanks for coming on, talking gun school and politics, and uh, this is your life <laughs> and everything else, man. Uh, really do appreciate it. But that, but it was it was disappointing. This is your life. I was waiting for like friends and family from the past to come out of a door. <laughs> right. Well, we had Swamp Dog out there, right? He's close enough. Oh, that's true. Apparently. We had Swamp Dog show up. Yeah. yeah, he was he was feeding you, he was feeding you softballs. So that count that counts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, for everybody else that has made it over an hour, especially in a replay, uh, I don't know. I don't know if to say you're awesome or you need to seek uh, a therapist for that, but we do appreciate everybody that has hung on this long. Uh, remember that the conversation can always continue down in the comments below. Uh, check out the other podcasts coming. This is the first one of the, uh, the new season here. So plenty more on the schedule coming. Look for that on the YouTube channel page. Uh, and until next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom. <laughs>